In the last episode, we've had a glimpse into all the foundations of Stacey's authenticity and wisdom, a burning entrepreneurial spirit, a deep immersion into the inner landscape, and a passion for generating changes. In this episode, we will explore how she manages her current company, Y Green Energy Fund, and how she directs her energy as a woman founder. So as I was digging into your story and listening to podcasts, and which, by the way, I recommend everybody do, a tenant of servant leadership that came up again and again was this notion of listening. And it's a super trait and it's fundamental in, in, in your ability to impact change. So can you share with us some of the nuggets around this trait and how do we all become better listeners? Oh gosh, yeah, I love the idea of a super trait. And I wish I could say that I feel like I'm I'm a perfect listener. And I, I think for all of us, it's hard sometimes, especially when we feel if we feel under threat or we feel like we need to get our point across or we feel like some in some way that we're not being heard. But you know, I think when we create a space where we can hear all the voices, where there's a chance for even uncomfortable things like, you know, our what sometimes feel uncomfortable are emotions or or emotions that aren't seen as being cool emotions, like maybe it's anger or rage, or maybe it's indignation or withdrawal. Like, mm, I'm not going to, that, that all of that really is part of the human experience. And that when we allow to exist, we can actually drop into a place where there's more creativity and there's more energy and there's more possibility. And I think like, you know, of our public discourse over the last number of years. And you see such polarization, for instance, with um, President Trump, where both sides feel adamantly positioned in their points of view. And there's a huge amount of animosity um, on both sides towards the other. That in fact, that I believe is part still of the American psyche, the shadow of, of Americans that we while our founding principles are open dialogue and a melting pot of views, that it's still very hard for us to find a place where we can listen to all those views. So um, I'm probably going a little away from the question that you're asking, but I I think that the ability to drop into stillness, the ability to pause, to be aware of our ego tendencies and to pause them momentarily, take a deep breath and to hear the other that we actually would find that we ultimately source a much more generative or regenerative, creative set of possibilities, technologies, innovations, new ways, cultural possibilities, social, you know, new social tracks that could only arise if we're willing to sit with the vulnerability and sometimes discomfort of actually listening to listening to each other. And that we should try to make that a little bit more of our day. Did they teach that <laughs> at college? Is no. that part of your uh, entrepreneurship and <laughs> curriculum? No, and, and quite frankly, I feel like, I, you know, I don't say this from a place of, of um, being a master at it. Uh, I think, you know, I find times in my day where the first thing I want to do is tell, say why, why that's not going to work or what, you know, why this should be something some other way. And sometimes I do. And then I realize, oh, that the energy of that didn't actually feel creative. The energy of that felt blocking. It felt short. It felt 
kind of constrained. It felt constrictive. And so then I have to reset. Um, so yeah, I wish there was a place for you to go to learn that. Um, yeah, well, I don't know if you've found one. Self, self practice makes perfect and, and having that level of self awareness and just allowing yourself to really surrender to the group of people or even sitting in nature and listening. It's, it's, it's a constant practice. So, so moving to your current company. You're deeply passionate about climate causes and sustainability, which is an area that you're creating tremendous impact with your current company, Y Green Energy Fund. So tell us about what led you to work with Y Green Energy Fund and how investing your time and energy into this company aligns with your purpose. Yeah, so I, I actually learned about Y Green when I was running for Congress. It was one of my the model that Y Green utilizes uh, to help bring scale resources into the clean energy space was one that I actually proponed as a policy during my congressional campaign. And it's interesting because I think it goes way back to my upbringing, growing up in the Pacific Northwest and actually, you know, while I wanted to get out of there, you know, and get into the world, there was also a recognition and appreciation of just the deep beauty of nature and the, the power of our natural spaces. And so the environment and nature has always been a part of my heart. And I also, you know, Y Green is an interesting synthesis of technology. We partner with cities and counties to deploy these programs. So it's, it's, we involved, we're involved with government and politics, finance and the environment. So it was almost like all of these dots of my career had sort of come in to be connected through Y Green. And what I love about it is that we, we serve communities to bring the resources to give power in the hands of people to take their energy future into their own hands for them to become self, you know, energy independent, to be off the grid if they want to deploy solar or other energy efficiency measures and to give them affordable, safe and accessible financing to do that. So there's like this win, win, win. The, the city or county wins because they're trying to do green initiatives and have clean cities. The homeowner wins. They can upgrade their home, make it more comfortable, make it more green. All of the community, the contractors and others in the community win. And it's a great business model. So I'm like, wow, what an incredible way for a social impact company to run. And that's what actually drew me to it is both that it connected all the dots, but it also was a, it was an example of how we can use business to make a huge impact in the world and to do it at scale, to bring all of the things I'd learned in, in business to meet my passion and purpose and to be able to do it all in one place. And I feel like that's our employees at Y Green. I think most of them are there because they feel like, you know, we wake up every day and we do something important, but every day we're making a difference. And that's just a really powerful and fun, cool opportunity. What a gift. Congratulations that uh, you saw those opportunities and, and you nailed it. So really inspiring to hear that. So this month is Women's History Month which gives us an opportunity to celebrate the extraordinary impact that women contribute to this world. I speak on behalf of all men and women that have had the pleasure of knowing you, and you are somebody who stands firmly in your truth. You, you embody authenticity, you're very humble. What can you share about what it means for women to stand in her power 
and yet you're vulnerable in a way that's authentic. Mm. Well, this is this is a this is a really big topic for me. I feel like my whole life has had a sort of thread of like really investigating this notion of power. And I remember taking a survey at Harvard Business School about all the things that sort of drive you. And power was at the very, very bottom. At the time, I hadn't woken up to this like thing about power. And I remember noting that, like, huh, at the bottom, there was like recognition and, you know, financial remuneration and, you know, passion and all of these other things that you rank ordered to sort of see like what was most important. And power was at the very bottom. You know, I went on ultimately to run for U.S. Congress, which is a whole interesting landscape around power and power dynamics. And so you ask about, you know, being a woman and and women and their power. And what I realize is over the years, I've gone from a concept of powerful women to recognizing what's happening. I think we're seeing this shift in our sort of social and cultural fabric to recognizing women who are standing in their power. The difference from being a powerful woman and a woman who stands in her power. And the distinction that I'm trying to make there is it's not about women trying to adopt the current paradigm and and to exert power from that place, or women or men, right? It's about actually living in a place of authenticity where we stand in our own sovereignty, where we claim our gifts and our true genius, our unique genius, and we authentically bring that into the world, even if that's not the vision that we think of as power. So we might think of power as being assertive and strong and, you know, being the leader. But what if power in someone's power is their softness, is their vulnerability, is their sweet ability to nurture and to connect and to empower others? You know, there's so many ways to lead. And to me, power is about Power comes from standing in the truth of who we are and claiming and offering the gifts that we so uniquely bring and being ourselves, not being someone else. In fact, we lose power when we try to be something other than what we are. And so I'm honoring like the Me Too movement and Black Lives Matters and the younger generations are kind of coming in with this already somehow seated in them where it's about really being authentic and true to who we are. And then the power naturally arises from that expression. Does that come from role models from consciously or intentionally surrounding yourself with women who have learned to harness standing in their power? Is there a course that you can go study? Are there books that you can read? Is it all of the above? Like this is such a such a deep topic and such an important topic that will absolutely shape the experience that we as human beings have on this planet. Where do we even begin that journey? Oh gosh, that's a, that's a, that's a really good question. And I, you know, for me, it's probably been largely the school of hard knocks. I'm I'm actually someone who likes to really has to learn from experience. But I will say that having a a cohort or a set of friends and other conscious beings, both women and men, has been exceptional. Having having community, um, I think is the right way to say it, to proactively seeking out and establishing or building relationship with people who I see have that access to their heart who have what appears to me as courage, even if it may come in the form of 
softness or or um, vulnerability or ways that that others might not recognize. And I, ha- I have a wonderful group of of women. I have a meditation circle. Um, I have my you know a spiritual community. Certainly, the founder communities that I'm a part of. They're also inspiring in different ways. That it's about again seeing the brilliance in in others. So yeah, I read a lot, meditate a lot, <laughs> and find inspiration in other really loving individuals, <laughs> both women and men, uh, who have been. I think. They've been mentors in ways probably unknown in this notion of like power and really discovering like, oh, I can be myself. I don't need to, I can honor and see the beauty in that because we're all one. I get to share in that. But um, it's really important for me to find that uniqueness of who, who I am and to shine that light into the world. I'm into that. <laughs> all roads lead to community. That's really the first step of any learning or growth or when you're curious or you want to practice listening, finding that one person that can turn into two and three and potentially dozens, even hundreds. And to your point, you have like different communities for different interests. That is really the crucible of, of catalyzing learning and growth. So two quick questions as we wrap up here. What is the one advice that you'll give to aspiring first-time founders? You cannot fail. And everything is for your own adventure. All people and circumstances are your allies. Think big, imagine big, even if it's outside of what you can, you, you can even imagine right now you can do because the universe will organize around you. The people will come. You know, if, if you're living from your heart authentically, if you're, if you're living your true, your true gifts, then you cannot fail. This is, it, it'll, all of, very spontaneous and surprise things will happen in your life. And it's, it's a magic that when we live in that place of flow, when we live in that place of both surrender and trust that we can't fail, that we, we are all that, that we have everything we need, uh, and that everything that shows up has, has a gift for us, then that is living heaven on earth. That is living a divine life. Um, so yeah, go for it. What's a, what's a book that you're reading now or a podcast that you're listening to? You know, I, I mentioned my, my mystical bent, but my very most favorite book ever, and I'm always reading it. I've probably read it four or five times and, and still, you know, come back a hundred more is the Shiva Sutras. It's a very, it's esoteric, but it's absolutely brilliant, lovely. You know, I love Joseph Campbell's, um, The Hero with a Thousand Faces. I love the mythology and the recognition of the journey that we're all on, kind of that arc of transformation. And right now, my favorite podcast is called Dear First Time Founders. (laughs) (laughs) Surprise, surprise. (laughs) Lacey, your vision of creating conscious community and enlightened organizations where people are encouraged to fully engage, recognizing work as part of their awakening process and a path to self-realization is truly inspiring thank you and for you fellow change agent i'd like to leave you with some words from stacy for you to marinate in today evolving business happens from the inside out conscious organizations begin with conscious individuals and conscious leaders Every person has an opportunity to become a conscious business person. 
to be a beacon of light within any organization and to call others into that place. And that is exactly the role that you serve on this planet. The world is a better place because of you, Stacey. No, thank you, Maria. (laughs) Thank you. And it was wonderful to be here. Thank you for all of the beautiful questions and, and just have great wishes for everyone listening. Thank you so much for listening to our episode. We'll come back with more inspirational stories Friday night, bi-weekly, wherever you find your podcast. And if you feel inspired and want to connect more with our founders, please follow us, Second Time Founders, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Thank you, and we will see you all in the next episode.